0: Welcome to the Collector's House, a Matches Fashion podcast. I'm Danielle Radoitchen. Each episode features a conversation with a creative mind about the things that inspire them or that have given their life meaning in some way. From books to art to a piece of jewellery, these objects are collected into a cabinet which resides in physical form in the attic at 5 Carlos Place, the Matches Fashion Townhouse in London. Today my guest on the show is Tom Sachs, the prolific New York-based artist whose work defies categorization. His prodigious output bridges the gap between art, science and culture in a whirlwind of creativity. I spoke to him at the Freeze Art Fair in Los Angeles to find out about five things that inspire him. Hi, Good to thanks have for you having here. me. Yeah, it's great to, to be here. Yeah, thanks. You've um, written down some things that last minute that you could think of to inspire you.
1: Well, when you asked, it was tough because I feel like I only make my versions of things that inspire me. So when you asked for five, it seemed easier to give you 500, but to narrow down to five seems impossible. I, in a way, my entire commitment to my life and my art is a cabin of curiosities, and everything that I make are my dub versions of things that exist in the world.
0: So you're the perfect candidate for this podcast. I am perfect. Thank you for this, by the way. Thank you. Paradox Bullets. <laughs> so this is, you're here at Freeze. You have a movie showing here. So
1: Yeah, um, last night we had the West Coast premiere of Paradox Bullets, um, which is uh, the story of a man who's lost his keys in the oh, desert and has to yeah. use our dogma to find his way home.
0: And it features Ed Roche?
1: The man playing, the, the character is... Ed Ed is the guy who's lost in the, the desert. It's actually the, ac- it's the actually actual Ed, and he actually is the guy lost in the desert. Wow! And Ed also did the location scouting for the movie.
0: Is it going and, to go on general release, or um, how are people I, going to be able to okay, see it?
1: So um, I think I don't know. Is this will this be out today?
0: No, it's not going to be out until um, a few months from now. Okay,
1: so by then you can go to uh, TomSacks.com or to my Instagram page. Maybe that's the best place.
0: Stop. And, I've just art. realized we're live on film. I was Great. thinking in podcast terms. Oh. So it's going Wait. out tonight live, yeah. Okay, so tonight... Sorry. So
1: go to my Instagram and click on bio, and it'll, it'll take you there.
0: So how, have you been around the fair here?
1: No, uh, art fairs are where artists... It's the equivalent of artists going to the slaughterhouse. This really? Is, we, we don't belong here. This is not about art. Art fairs are about the business surrounding art, which is a different... Which is a different activity. Right. Um, uh, art making is a is a is a sacred, uh, dedicated activity, like um, any other performance athletic event that takes a lot of work and focus, and it's hard to do while you're, um, inf- uh, being a busy out there being busy being an influencer. Mm. Um, this is so. This is a very different um, kind of thing from what um, inspires me. Mm. And art sometimes can be an inspiration, but not always. And that's why in the studio, people always ask about going to graduate school. And we have a team of a dozen people, and sometimes they leave to go to graduate school. But they get that's the one place where we encourage bullying and hazing. If you say it mounts, you're going to go to graduate school because you should really only go to graduate school if you're going to get an advanced degree in, in a vocation like air conditioning refrigeration <laughs> law or medicine something right. that you need a license yes. to um to practice otherwise business school art school that stuff you can learn on the street best
0: so speaking of things that inspire you the format of this podcast is talking about five things yeah. and what was the first thing you wanted to talk about okay
1: <laughs> well let's just go straight to the top let's just do it yeah um the big questions yeah. uh, are we alone and where did we come from those are the questions that are uh, answered uh, historically through religion, but in the 20th century, we finally got to go to the moon and kill God and find out uh, or begin to find, start to answer those questions by going to Mars and the moon. We have, a, we have a, a, a other planetary bodies so we can understand potentially our past or our future as a, as a planet. We, we go to other worlds not because we fucked up this one and we're trying to create a new home, but so better to understand our life here on Earth. So, in my cabin of curiosities, pick number one is going to be the Apollo-era lunar module, the bug that lands on the moon, also used in the Volkswagen ad um, saying, it ain't pretty, but it'll get you there. Um, Kind of the greatest triumph of um, industrial design, this thing that's very crude, non-aerodynamic thing that actually landed um, half a dozen men on the moon and brought them back um uh, i was talking with germano Chalant about the problem with um Itali- why italian sneakers are so ugly and he said <laughs> um the italians are are not capable of making things ugly and sneakers are intrinsically ugly like rocket ships they have to be ugly okay. to get the job done and there's um <laughs> an elegance to that. that that's an american yeah. thing so.
0: yeah um you're th- you've done a, a a sneaker collaboration with um nike was that deliberately ugly
1: well the the Mars yard shoe is a shoot uh, just to be clear Nike makes stuff for for our team for a studio oh, right. and our community so the Mars yard was made for our athlete Tommaso Rivellini who is the guy who made the entry descent landing systems for the um, uh, spirit and opportunity Oliver Sholem um, and and the airbag that bounced their way down, or the sky crane, he's the guy who thought it up. So we wanna make a sneaker for um, not the strongest bodies in the NBA, but the the strongest minds of the aerospace community. So Tommaso and our team, we wear this shoe, and that's our our shoe that's good for working in the Mars yard in Pasadena, or for sneaking around the the funding hallways of NASA in Washington, D.C.
0: Have Sneakerheads been um, following you and um, stalking you on Instagram?
1: It, we do have a new expanded yeah. presence in the internet as a result, but it's great because um, what we're what we're learning is, or what we're teaching or experiencing is that art is not just in museums; it's on the street, and that and we're also helping bringing p- bringing the snobby. Um, uh, rich white art world to uh, a new audience. So there's a kind of a cross-pollination. I think it's really the, the best you can hope for in a commercial environment, that kind of mix.
0: Yeah, that's a nice idea. Um, I'm aware we've got not much time, so let's yeah, crack sorry. on with um, object number two.
1: Okay, so, um, but it, it, in a way, it, you don't get the space program without the horrors of the African diaspora. Um, we got to the moon on African blood. Uh, <laughs> men and women and children were abducted from Africa, forced at whip point to uh, work the fields and and harvest cotton so that the young America could gain its economic independence from England, which it did, and then built this industrial superpower into a machine that could produce airplanes and submarines faster than the Nazis could blow them out of the sky or the water. Um, And then at the end of World War II, the the smart Nazis fled to US and, and Uh, use their intellectual resources to bring man to the moon and finally um, start to answer some more unanswerable questions, do things that we never thought we could do. And um, uh, it's just important to acknowledge the roots of that, that it is based in human resources, in particular um, the people of Africa. As, as the foundation mm. um, and the kind of horrors of slavery continue to this day with institutionalized racism, um, internalized racism. It's like a, it's, uh, we're not going to go too into that because it's, it's a different topic, but number two on my list is if we have a cabin of curiosity, it's going to be a JVC um, RCM 90 boom box and on it will be a cassette of Beyonce's hold up. <laughs> which is a, a great cover, but also a, a triumph of, um, in a way, the horrors of um, the diaspora is transformed into the best art. The best art of the, of the American experience is the music of the African diaspora, and in particular, I'm choosing hip-hop. And so imagine imagined a, um, a TDK Endless Cassette playing Hold Up, which is really great because one of the problems with um, hip-hop, and we are in the golden age of like of music, you're gonna look back at this time and be like we had you know Beyonce, we had Frank Ocean, we had Kendrick Lamar winning the Pulitzer Prize. It's like it's an exciting time. So pay attention, you guys. You're all in this. This is this is better than you know Jimi Hendrix and uh, you know the Beatles. This is our time. Um, so. Uh, you know, the, and one of the problems of our time is there's a, because of the the exp- explosion of information that any artist who's halfway decent gets blown out of the water, and t- takes great discipline to produce a short song. And hold up is a short song. It's almost as good as like the Shirelles. Like those those songs were under three minutes, and even the best artists now are so indulged and and yeah. surrounded by yes men that they can't like make something refined. Anyway.
0: Hold Your up, number two. Yeah, okay, that's great. That's good. <laughs> Your film's only twenty minutes, right? The
1: Twenty-two minutes. Twenty-two minutes. Yeah. Uh, and your
0: Ten Bullets film is also about around twenty minutes, yeah. so.
1: So we we the the uh, you know the, the rule number three of um, Van Neistat's filmmaking school is a, 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 is omit unnecessary words. A movie should be no longer than it needs to be. I don't think a sculpture should be any bigger than it needs to be. It could be the size of it. It might need to be the size of a city block, but it could fit in the palm of your hand. It's How all do you
0: know that?
1: That's yeah. That's that's why they pay me the big bucks. Like, <laughs> I, it's, it, and I don't mean that in a cocky way. I just mean it that um, it, it's a constant discipline and f- constant refinement. And in the in the case of the movies, just killing your darlings and just refining and trimming and trimming. And it's it can be very painful. That's 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 yeah. a difficult thing. Killing your darlings. That's
0: yeah. a good phrase. Okay, number three.
1: So number three is Otogose by Sh- Chojiro. and that's a tea bowl by this artist named Chojiro Raku, who's the first um, Raku artist. This is a mm-hmm. Japanese artist. In fact, he was abducted by um, uh, the, uh, the Hi- Hideyoshi, the guy in the 16th century Japan, who unified Japan, it was like the, the, in the age of the, all the samurai movies that you've ever seen take place in the 16th century. And um, with limited time, we're not going to get a huge <laughs> Japanese history. But this guy went to Korea found the best potters, brought them back at sword point, abducted them, made them teach ceramics in Japan, and a generation later, emer- Japan emerged as a leader in ceramic arts. Um, Chojiro was a roofer, he made roofing tiles, and when the tea ceremony started to become popular, this, his kind of like the Henry Kissinger of, of feudal Japan, this guy Senno Rikyu, hired this roofer to make very primitive bowls. If you can go uh, you know, to the National wow. Gallery in Japan, or the museum, uh, or in and we're in LA. You can go, to, you can go to LACMA and see the incredible collection. You'll see, maybe not Troisierow, but similar bowls that have no decoration. They're just the most simple, profound, modern-looking things, and they are in a way the core of the tea ceremony. And the tea ceremony is a very important um, uh, object in my space program. We bring the tea ceremony to other worlds because it sort of represents the three reasons why people do anything which is for spirituality you know are we alone where do we come from in science or zen um sensuality climbing the high, climbing the highest mountain going where no man has gone before tasting tea the smell of a tatami mat the touch of a kimono or the and the third reason why people do anything is the, and this is the reason where I'm focused, is the blue collar side, the making. Um, rockets that go boom, the tea house architecture, the bowl itself, the the, the structure of the kimono. Um, but the blue collar side, the stuff, the rockets don't mean shit without a reason, without the philosophical, are we alone? Where are we come from? What's the meaning of life? And these objects um, are there to support and help scientists. Um, find these answers
0: Mm. can we talk a bit about um, the transparency that you bring to your that you like to have with your work so that people can see the process of how you've created something yeah I know that's really important to sure
1: so one of the objects that's not on my list but in a way just as easily could be on my list is the whatever the latest Apple product is Mm. because that Apple products represent the the pinnacle of our evolution technologically and you know in our pocket right now is the most powerful supercomputer ever made and it's more powerful than we even need and it fits in our hand and we're just on the edge of the paradigm shift where it will go from our hand to I don't know in our ear or up our butt or what how somehow inside of us that's like the next thing is going to happen um and what's And those are all things that are great about it but one of the things that to me is a little bit of a loss is that there's no evidence of human beings involved in the making there's no there's yours is no different from mine maybe besides the the selection of apps or whatever but um uh humans for millennia have tried to remove their hand from the work and the one advantage that i have over apple is is that my fingerprints the glue drips, the pencil marks, the screw heads, the cum stains, all the problems with it are all the things that make it evident that I was there. So I can never some- make something as perfect as an iPhone, but Apple can ne- never make anything as flawed as one of my things. Wow.
0: Um, so,
1: so what does that count as one of my five? It's like well, an anti-five. We're going to have like six now. That,
0: that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's good. Let's just yeah. keep putting yeah, stuff sure, in. Sure, sure. Um, so what's next?
1: Okay. So... Um I'm just gonna go to something very humble now. Um because take it back a different direction. That's the uh so this is number four or I think we've yeah. Four? four.
0: Yeah.
1: This is the crink K70. Okay, iPhone gets to be four. Okay. Or the anti iPhone. The the opposite. The anti-iPhone. The plywood homemade fake iPhone that I made. (laughs) (laughs) So number five is the crink K seventy. we've talked about things like Man on the Moon and all this exciting um, stuff, uh, the the, you know, the future possibility of living on the moon, or we had the Concord and we have it no longer, or iTunes was fantastic, and now it's totally unusable shit, and it's ruined my DJing career, because I can't, it's like, I just don't know where any of the data is. Um, uh, you know, things get better, and we get, we're young, we get older and stronger, and then we get weaker, and then we... Have our demise that we die, and that's true of all civilizations. But the Crink K70 is a is a pen. It's kind of like a sharpie for adults, and it's made in New York City. Be careful when you get a Crink K70 because they drip like crazy. But it's permanent stuff, Mm -hmm. and it's it's you know because sharpies are great, but they kind of fade. I don't know if you've noticed that, like in the sun, they're not UV safe. This this marks forever.
0: Also, I think sharp. I've tried to write on fabric with sharpies, and it bleeds a bit. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, this will so bleed this more. So
1: there's the thing about any material is that you know, there are limits okay. to it, and because it's ink, it will go into the fibers. They they do
0: bleed. Okay. So, is it strong? Mm-hmm. The, can you smell? Is it? What's the chemical in that? Is I, something you know, it's something like. probably you something
1: smer- insanely toxic like. Yeah. Toluene or yeah. acetone yeah. or. I mean, I have one in here. I can show you. Unfortunately, you can't smell it, but. Is that what you use to draw? Yeah, on on, on Let's opaque see. materials, you can huff it. It's pretty Ooh. good. Yeah, so for like writing on your camera That's equipment, strong. it's good. It won't rub off as quickly. So does it
0: come in a, a range of colors? I'm not sure if I've seen that in London. Yeah, I mean
1: it's funny. It's a you know it's a graffiti pen, and um, uh, Crank, who's the graffiti artist who invented it, his he's got a drippy style. That's part of his right. thing. So it's for his style, and I don't like that. So I have to test it. But, you know, it's funny, like, one of the things that's maybe good or bad of our time is that, like, graffiti's not really a crime anymore. Like, yeah. kids, you can go yeah. and buy. It's, it's this almost become a commercial thing. It is. Yeah. And this is a $7 marker. It's not... And and you can't steal them. They're behind glass. <laughs> it's a whole... I like the... So. um the- what is it? The clip, the
0: clip on the top, yeah, so you can. I added it. You added that, all right. You've custom, you've customized <laughs> yeah, it. Can yeah, yeah. But, get...
1: but I'm convinced. I think I got to talk with them. Um, Craig, maybe is that clip going to be in the? Is that going? Are people going to be able to get that clip? Yeah.
0: Well, I think we'll take a photo of it yeah, to show yeah. that you've customized the pen with a clip. Yeah,
1: and this, as you can see, I've been. This is a pretty. So beautiful. it lasts
0: for a long time, or you just yeah. use it a lot.
1: I've never worn one out. Really? Yeah, they just last forever. Wow. Yeah, I mean the tips were out, and I replace them or sharp. Or like oh, right. you know, but. No, they—they're wow. really good. I, I give it to you, but if you give me your address, I'll send you one okay. later. Okay,
0: let's do that. Um, all right. So then, um, your—I your Instagram account yeah. is crazy. You're really active on Instagram, and you seem yeah. to really like and embrace social media, yeah. whereas lots of people say that it's a, um, a negative thing and it's bad yes. and it's creating—you know—it's it's, it's, everything's homogenized from in fashion. Like everything everyone wears the same stuff. Or
1: yeah, they dec- they are right. They're right. It, all those bad things are true about Instagram. It's destroying us. It's, but it's also creating, or it's part of a Gaian sense of telepathy, where we can almost read each other's minds. I mean, you have that special experience with that cappuccino, and you take the, like, the most cliched picture of, yeah. the, of and in fact, where is my macchiato right now, damn it? I you know. know. It's because yeah. we're that close to just yeah. thinking something yeah. and having it appear. And we have so many great systems like Uber or Waze that have helped us like connect the world or like instant drone delivery of skateboard wrenches or whatever. Um, uh, so there is a loss, but you'd be crazy if you had a brand, like I, I do, you have your brand as, as an individual, I have mine as an individual, but mine is tied in with my art making um, world. You'd be crazy <laughs> to not take advantage of the world's best free advertising um, medium. There's nothing better than it, and it costs nothing. It's just the time that you put into it. So it is a total time suck and a waste of time, and it is like ruining my creative time in my studio. If I look at it first thing in the morning, I'm not writing an essay or thinking about the ideas that we're talking about, which Mm -hmm. don't come out of anywhere. It takes time to understand these connections. But um, it does bring worlds together, So, like everything else, with the right amount of um, Mm -hmm. moderation.
0: I like your photo of the billboard that you... In and um, was it with the, the Noam Koms, um, Komsky quote yeah. about terrorism?
1: Um, everyone's worried about terrorism. Well, there's a really easy way. Uh, stop participating in it.
0: Yeah, great. Last thing, <laughs> final objects. Uh, okay, so yeah.
1: in a way, um, I've got sort of three and I'll try and tie it into one. Um, so, you know, it, Mac, McDonald's has served, fed more people and killed fewer people than anybody else. But in a way, at great cost because we've lost all the mom and pop shops. And if I could have another object in a cabinet of curiosity, in a way, it would be a New York City bodega because a bodega is a club and you got see people playing dominoes outside. You see people leaving their keys there for their neighbors. It's like a de facto post office a good one you can know the people there they're part of your community and i love third wave coffee but it seems like the best third wave coffee places can't keep the same employees for more than three Is or that four a weeks coffee shop? it's just that new trend where it's all like exploitation free coffee oh, right. and oh, it's like roasted. That's just right. the, i think i don't know and it's like roasted within like a week of your consumption yeah. and it's expensive and it's really really good and it's the global best—it's American coffee is now the best. Sorry, Italy, but you
0: know. <laughs> it's all over Instagram. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but uh, you know, and, and I think that 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 mom and pop stuff is really what I miss. So, so if it was not a bodega, it would be the road that surrounds the island of Jamaica, where all the commerce is, where every one of these little shacks and businesses is run by a a family, and they are community centers, and that's something that's increasingly lost in this uh, age of communication ecstasy that we're living. It's hard to keep clubs or houses, and and that's something that... um, we may find another way through the the device, but it's something that I, I mourn, and I if I had more time or another life, I would I would run a post office.
0: <laughs> you should do a post office art installation. Oh, I know. I know. That'd be so perfect for but, you. But you know,
1: so we have in our studio, we've had a bodega, and it was a, our our landlord complained that we that it's, our studio is a storefront in Manhattan on Center Street, and. And I have the the window sandblasted so that I can work there without people knocking on the glass. And he complained that I'm not I'm like, keeping the neighborhood down oh, really? because it's, I don't have a store selling yeah. or whatever. And so I said, okay, we'll open a bodega for a couple of months. And you know, we, we sold candy and cigarette, Lucy's, and beers and then we turned into a swiss passport office for 20 bucks you can get a a swiss passport that we made and started making all these other activities we had an art gallery where you had a a Picasso and a Warhol for sale in the bodega also with a bulletproof glass revolver and and, and this is by the way it's the size of this room it was like six feet by ten feet or something um, but it's it's a job. It's no yeah. joke. You know, you got to deal with everyone—the good and the bad and the yeah. ugly. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's a good place to end. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Tom.
0: That's been great. That was an episode of the Collector's House, a Matches Fashion podcast. You can find more episodes and more about Five Carlos Place on the Matches Fashion website, and you can join the conversation on social media by searching for at Matches Fashion, at Matches fashion Man and the hashtag 5 Carlos Place. Thanks for listening.